When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. And as always, I'm joined by my host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as zone coverage and bring me the news. Uh, Before we get started today, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to subscribe to our channel, like our video. If you've done that already, we greatly appreciate that. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to go into the description and enter the contest to win a Justin Jefferson jersey. That contest lasts until September 30th. So, uh, yeah, go right in there, enter the contest, and you could win a Justin Jefferson jersey. All right, Chris, you were not here on uh, our last episode to recap the Vikings' disappointing loss on Monday night to the Eagles. So I just want to get kind of your reaction and thoughts to uh, everything that uh, happened, or I guess didn't happen on Monday. So how did you just, how did you feel uh, after the Vikings loss on Monday? I felt like I was tricked um, to be perfectly honest with you. I I mean, a lot of us kind of assumed that the Vikings had, uh, you turned a new leaf with their win over the Packers, right? They were dominant. They had a modern offense. They attacked. They had done all this stuff. But, I mean, there were a lot of concerning things against the Packers that we kind of just swept under the rug. You know, everybody was saying now they're Super Bowl contenders and everything else, but their run defense was shoddy. That showed up against Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts running two touchdowns. Uh, You had the pass defense. You know, we talked a lot about Christian Watson's drop, the 75-yard touchdown, and that – you know, that showed up. There's a 53-yard touchdown by Quez Watkins where Cameron Dantzler and Cam Bynum had a miscommunication in the secondary. And I, I think the biggest one is, you know, we're talking about Kirk Cousins, right? So what would a show be without talking about Kirk? Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it's the same thing. It, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And Kevin O'Connell was hired to have him play with a clear mind. And I I don't know if you saw this on the internet, the interview of the guy doing cocaine and letting out a demon yell. That was Kirk's mind on Monday night. It was just like, (laughs) and like he he looked like a frustrated Madden player. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, those were kind of the things. It's like, I should have known better. And I picked them to lose. I I just didn't think they would lose 24 to seven and just look completely incompetent. So I think that was the, 
area that kind of surprised me the most. And that's, you know, I was just sitting there after the game, like, yeah, I should have known better. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt like this game was, was probably a loss. Like even before the season, a lot of people marked this up as a loss, but right. We didn't expect it to be a 17 point loss, uh, a, a game where the Vikings really had no chance from the start. Um, but looking at the result, do we think now that the the Eagles are like this really good team that just is way 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 better than than the Vikings, or do we just think think that the Vikings probably had um just too many things go the wrong way on that night? It's a combination of both. I think the Eagles are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. You know, you go out and you get A.J. Brown. You have a very solid number two receiver in Devonta Smith. They got some weapons. I mean, even Dallas Goddard, uh, SDSU, go Jackrabbits. Uh, he had a big game. I think he had like 80-some yards. Like, they played such a baby soft zone on Monday night where everything was just allowed underneath. And that's what killed the Vikings, especially defensively. Like, there were just problems all over the field. I don't, I think Kevin O'Connell's still kind of learning how to be a play caller. Cause remember he didn't do that in Los Angeles. That was Sean McVay. Like there are just a lot of growing pains for this team and to go to Philadelphia on Monday night, an area where they've historically struggled as long as they're not playing the Chicago bears. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was just a recipe for disaster. So I think Philadelphia is a really good team. I think the Vikings made a lot of mistakes that they might not moving forward. And I think that's kind of, you know, it's almost like a learning experience. You hate to use that with a team that's filled with 30 year olds, but there's a lot of new things and they, they're just in the process of figuring everything out. Yeah. It was just weird. Just, just pretty much everything you could think of went wrong for the Vikings. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't score in the end zone. Uh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't get anyone involved. Really, they couldn't even really get Justin Jefferson involved. Uh, the defense couldn't stop anybody. For some reason, their plan was to let Jalen Hurts beat them with his arm, but then they kind of just didn't cover anybody, so it wasn't really hard for him to beat them with his arm. Mm -hmm. It was just an odd, odd game plan. But I am happy that it happened in week two, and this didn't happen in like week fifteen, where you know we pretty much already know what the Vikings are made of because right now we still we still don't know what they're capable of. They could. This could just be a hiccup because, you know, we've seen this plenty of times with, with teams who've gone on to even win the Super Bowl uh, early on in the season. They have a hiccup. We think about, like, the Patriots a couple of years ago when they got creamed by the Chiefs and everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady's done. Uh, his career's over. And then I think they went to go went on to go win the Super Bowl. The Rams last year had two losses by 17 points or more. We know they went on to win the Super Bowl. So Kevin O'Connell is familiar with, you know, this kind of scenario. And, and now we get to see how they can respond. Uh, that, I think that's what I'm most curious about. But, you know, maybe what bothered you the most about the Vikings loss on Monday? I, I kind of brought it up. I, I mean, it's it's just that we were fooled. Like this feels yeah. like the same team that and it is. I mean, when you look at the roster, a lot of these guys are the same people and they, they've done this like they'll go out and have a big game the week before like they did against Green Bay and then they'll just come lay a complete egg against the Eagles so I mean now you look at this team kind of going forward and, and there's plenty of time to fix everything like I'm not panicking about this team but I am concerned that 
you know, th- this Denny Green, right? I hate it's so overused by everybody, but they are who he thought they were, right? And until they prove us different, until they get some big boy wins like they had the opportunity to do on Monday night, we have to operate like this is the same team. So the nookie blankie lions are coming to town. You know, it's like when you skin your knee and your mom gives you a kiss to make you feel better. Like that's the lions. And I, I mean, I think they need to be really careful on Sunday because this is a Detroit team that is very different. I'm also going to open the door quick because it sounds like I'm in an echo chamber right now. I'm just in an empty room in my apartment, which mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm moving again in 10 weeks. So I don't want to put anything on the walls except for the soundproof panels, which clearly aren't working right now. Um, so go ahead. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think just the the game plan of the defense, this defense that is supposed to be, you know, maybe uh, better than they were the last two years. But uh, it actually looked way worse than it was uh, under Zimmer really at any point. I think it kind of makes it should make us appreciate what Zimmer was able to do at least during the last two years with the kind of a similar group. Uh, but that yeah, that has to be fixed because that defensive game plan. I don't even know what it was. It was just it felt like they were playing prevent the whole time, and it's not like the Eagles don't have any weapons. They put up what thirty eight points the week before. They could put up points, so I don't. It was just very confusing to me what they're trying to do, and now they go up against a Lions team. Which had, which ranks second in the league in scoring. So, you know, we could see the same thing over and over again. So that has to be fixed because they cannot, they clearly cannot play uh, d- at least a shootout. They cannot do a shootout against a team that that's at least a contender because we don't we don't know about the Lions. Maybe they can go back and forth with them, but if you're going up against, you know. Uh, the Eagles or the Bucks or even the Rams, like if you get behind by a bunch, it's it's going to be really hard for the Vikings to come back. Um, at least so far, that's what it looks like. Is there any positives that that we can take from from the Vikings loss on Monday? I guess that touchdown drive was nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, it's kind it's kind of like the thirty eight seven game, right? Mm-hmm. We got that one drive, and then. Uh, just kind of went downhill from there. I mean, I don't think anybody played well on Monday night. Like the I, I think the offensive what's that? The punter. The punter. DJ right, Wanham right. got a sack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cleaner. Um yeah. <laughs> can't create his own pressure, but he can clean. Which is, there's a role for that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um yeah, Open, I mean, it offensive was just, line looked pretty good, right? Offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I, I think they were in the middle of pressures allowed. Yeah. Um, or at least uh percentage dropbacks that Kirk yeah. Cousins was pressured. Yeah. Kirk was just a like you said, he was a frustrated Madden player. Like he was, you know, yeah. you throw like four picks in a game and you're like, no, I'm gonna challenge Darius Slay again. And you know, you have wide open players down the field, like Justin Jefferson. I believe you posted this where he's on a wheel route from the backfield and just nobody's around him, and he forces a screen to Dalvin Cook. There was a shot. Uh, during the game when they had the sky cam looking to huddle and his eyes looked like silver dollars. Like it was just like, he's just like, yeah, we're going to run this plane. And, and, and I get it. I, I mean, if I were a quarterback in that situation, I would be freaking out too. But I mean, yeah. you don't see that look from Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes and whatever. And the Kirk stands are, I don't know. The Kirk stands are probably hiding in a cave right now because they know they're wrong. 
I, but I mean, Kirk Sands would probably be like, well, you're comparing him to the absolute best again in Kirk. Well, the same Kirk Stands believe Kirk is the absolute best. And I don't know. I he's <laughs> it's such a gaslighter, you know? Yeah. Just, uh yeah, he's he's listen, he played he played bad. He deserves criticism when when he plays bad. And and he played bad. Like a lot of people, I think after the game. We're like, why? Why does everyone jump down? You know, Kirk Cousins' throat or, or so quick to blame him? And I'm like, he threw three interceptions in the he red zone too. He didn't. He did not play good. And and yeah. you, you know what? You want to blame the first interception on Justin Jefferson too? But I said this on the last episode. He's an 11 year vet. Um, if he doesn't understand to put the ball only where Justin Jefferson can get it, uh, and not where Darius Slay can get it, um. Then you know that's that's on Kirk Cousins because that's what that was the problem with his two other interceptions they were underthrown or thrown a triple coverage like these are these are mistakes that an eleven year vet should not be making I don't care if it's a new offense which is kind of not because Kirk Cousins has run it before um, but yeah he just super flustered he does typically have these stinkers early in the season like September typically not not a good time for Kirk Cousins so hopefully he can pick things up turn things around. And the Lions, not definitely not as good a defense as as uh, as the Eagles, but at the same time they got to figure some things out. I think they need to, you know, I, I've I'm I'm wondering if it's Kevin O'Connell who's like, you know, you need to try and get Justin Jefferson the ball as much as possible, or it's Kirk Cousins who feels like he needs to do that because it feels like he's just zoning in, like fo- just focusing in on on Jefferson and really no one else. Mm-hmm. And you want to get him the ball the most, but you don't want other teams to know, like, every time you drop back, you're just staring at Justin Jefferson. That's going to make it very easy for them because, you know, you have other playmakers. You got Adam Thielen, who didn't get a target in the first half on Monday. You have KJ Wasn't Osborne. it the fourth quarter, too? Yeah. Like, yeah he yeah, didn't even look yeah. at it. Like, the, the interception to Slay... I I mean, there were multiple ones, but I think the first <laughs> one where Jefferson ran the wrong route, yeah. Thielen was open in the corner. Like yeah. if you throw it perfectly, that's yeah. a big gain, even if it's not a touchdown. So, I mean, it just, it, it's, it's Kirk Cousins reading the teleprompter again. It's like, we want to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Oh, you want to get only to Justin Jefferson more? I can, I can do that. Like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's like, but, you told, you told me to do it. So I did it. Uh, you know, KJ Osborne, I think he has uh, the same amount of targets as Johnny Munt. Uh, that, that, that shouldn't. <laughs> be happening irv smith you know caught a touchdown but uh had a big drop and that happens but can't be we can't be hearing this hype about him over and over again and then him that happening in in that that type of situation i'm done with irv smith (laughs) like i honestly i i don't care that he got a one yard touchdown again like i i i haven't looked it up but i'm like i i think like I would swear like five or six of his touchdowns have been one yard touchdowns. Yeah. I want it for a guy that's been billed as this, you know, hybrid wide receiver that you can get out in space and everything. I want to see him make big plays and he's just not doing it. And that drop, it's just like, I, I don't know. The, the guy is less than athletic than Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> like if you go back and look at his mock draftable profile, like he he is less athletic than Kyle Rudolph was coming out of college, but people think he's some like David Njoku, Vernon Davis type freak that can stretch the field. That's not his game. You have to get no. him wide open, and he's quick. He's he has quick. To catch the ball. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and maybe quick. that maybe maybe that's his thumb again. It, that's what I that's I mean, what I, I thought. Know. 
I thought I, that's why I gave him a little leeway. But you know, you're in the NFL. If you you say you're healthy, you got to catch that. If you're not healthy, yeah. then then get off the field. Um, and one last thing about the the game, the Monday night game. Before we move on, is that people want to. They're like, well, what about the defense? Why, why isn't the defense getting more blame than, than Kirk Cousins? And it's like, yeah, they deserve a very similar amount of blame. They deserve a lot of blame for the loss on Monday. But they didn't allow a point in the second half. Mm-hmm. And and the Vikings gave them, they gave the offense plenty of opportunities. They had the block field goal. They had the Jordan Hicks interception deep in Eagles territory. And the Vikings offense came up with zero points. Um, so... There's there's a lot of blame to go around Kirk Cousins, the defense, Kevin O'Connell. Like there's there's a lot of blame. A lot of things have to be fixed. But let's not act like Kirk Cousins was just like, oh, he he wasn't even close to being the the most to blame. He threw three interceptions. He had a very bad game. It happens. Just throw it in the trash and move on. That's it. All right. Week three. The Vikings hosting. The Lions inside U.S. Bank Stadium. I believe it's a noon kickoff time, noon central uh, on Fox. And I think like Brady Quinn's on the announced team or something like that. Uh, the Vikings are currently favored by five and a half, according to FanDuel. I looked this up yesterday, and the last time, or the last 13 times, I guess, the Vikings were favored by five and a half points or more over the Lions at home. They are 13 and 0. So, okay, let's not ruin this. They were favored by 10 last year and they only won by two. So we can take that into account as well. But typically at home, they've won their last four in a row at home against the Lions. Typically at home against the Lions is a good recipe for the Vikings to get back on track. The Lions are one and one lost by three to the Eagles in week one. And then week two, they beat the commanders with little, pretty much no problem. Um, So. The Lions coming in. These are not the same same Lions that that I feel like we're used to. They they they're gonna be they're gonna be a decent team. They they could make the playoffs this year. Like they look like they're they're pretty good. They can fix some things on defense. So, what worries you about this Lions team heading into Sunday? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think it's the running game. Uh, the Vikings, you know, we talked about going into the Packer game that the Packers wanted to live in nickel, right? That gives you a lot of six-man boxes, but you prevent big plays down the field. Theoretically, unless you play zone coverage against Justin Jefferson, where everything just kind of breaks down like it did in week one. But the Vikings right now are fifth in the NFL. They're allowing 5.2 yards per carry. And uh, one of the 
biggest performances by a running back in the first two games was Aaron Jones, who had 9.2 yards to carry against the Vikings. The Packers, for whatever reason, decided to slam A.J. Dillon between the tackles instead, but he even got 4.8 yards per rip. So when you look at the Lions, my concern lies in uh, DeAndre Swift because I think he's a very similar player to Aaron Jones. I think that he can take advantage of this offense, not only in the running game, but in the passing game as well. And the Vikings, I mean, the Lions right now are the number one team in the league as far as yards per attempt, and he's a big reason why. Uh, Jamal Williams presents his own challenges, but he's only averaging like 3.8 yards a carry. But, I mean, the Vikings got to stop the run if they want any chance of winning this game. Because if they don't, I mean, DeAndre Swift's going to have a big day. It's weird because they got all, they got these weapons. Well, not weapons, but they signed all these other players. They got Harrison Phillips. They switched their defensive uh, alignment. They got Jordan Hicks. Um, they got rid of Armin Watts. So, like, do they do they need to sign someone like Anandamakan Sue or something like that to, to improve their running game? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, DeAndre Swift averaging 10 yards per carry this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's doing really well. Uh, the Lions That's offensive bad line. bad ankle, too. Yeah, the Lions offensive line, just like the Eagles offensive line last week, is much better than what the Vikings saw against the Packers uh, in week one. So um, I'm not expecting... Uh, I, I guess the Vikings are just going to have to be more creative to come up with ways to pressure the Lions on, on Sunday. And I think a way to maybe slow down their run game would be to do something similar to what they did with the Packers, which is just go up by a lot of points and have success on offense. So, But they have to figure out how to stop the Lions offense as well. I'm worried about Amon Ra St. Brown because right mm-hmm. now this this Viking secondary hasn't proven that they can really stop anybody. You know, A.J. Brown didn't really go off on on Monday, but he didn't need to because, you know, the Eagles could do whatever they wanted to throwing the ball. They spread it. They spread it out. The Vikings really didn't have any, you know, answer to what the Eagles were doing. Um, you know, I believe the Packers could have done something similar if if Aaron Rodgers wasn't being stubborn week one and actually like threw to his receivers. That's a different story. But but <laughs> but Amon Ross St. Brown is on fire. He was on fire at the end of the season last year. He's continued into this year. He's, you know, he's one of the league's leading receivers, got 17 catches, 180 yards, three touchdowns, two games. I believe he had a long run as well in there. So, like, he's, I'm very curious to see how they try and stop him. You know, they do they put Jaden Sullivan on him? Do they put, you know, Cameron Dancer got benched on Monday. So, like, is, is Andrew Booth going to play? There's, there's a lot of big question marks that I'm, I'm concerned about because, Amon Ross St. Brown, he might look like not that imposing. He's pretty small, but the dude can make plays, and, and he, he's been able to do that. And Jared Goff targets him a lot, so they're going to have to figure out a way to, to shut him down. Uh, what, what are some of the, you know, on the flip side, what are some of the Lions' weaknesses you think the Vikings can take advantage of? Well, I was working on five bold predictions this morning and trying to find ways that the Vikings could exploit the Lions. And I think the biggest one is going to be, this is not going to be a surprise, Justin Jefferson. Because Jefferson right now is running 50% of his routes in the slot. And uh, we got an old friend in the slot. In uh, Mike Hughes. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he, he currently ranks eighth in the NFL 
allowing 1.72 yards per covered snap in the slot. And uh, Justin Jefferson is second in the NFL with 3.6 yards in the slot. Now, Jalen Waddle is... Yeah, J- Jalen Waddle, by the way, has seven yards per route run in the slot, which is yeah. insane. Like I, I like laughed when I saw that number. But uh, I think Justin Jefferson could have a field day. Detroit loves to blitz. I think they blitz yep. on about forty-five percent of their plays. Uh, I'm kind of roughly estimating because I don't have the forty. I think I think they're third. Yeah, I think they're forty. Yeah, uh, they're fifth. I looked at. Okay. I know they're fifth. I, okay. I did look that up. This it's morning, high. But, it's high. It's a lot higher than the Eagles and Packers, though. Right, and, and if they don't get home. You know, there's going to be a lot of wide open space and you could take advantage of Mike Hughes. You can take advantage of Jeff Okuda uh, a lot. Will Harris is another guy in the secondary that is uh, allowing a very high passer rating this year. I think, you know, if not Justin Jefferson, I think it's going to be a big game for Adam Thielen as well, because he's going to get pissed off at some point. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it, like, why are you checking down to Johnny Munt while I'm mm-hmm. open downfield? And, and like, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, people people know my feelings on Adam Thielen, and mm-hmm. I think he can get kind of petty in these mm-hmm. situations at times. And now would be a good time to do it. I, I would not blame him if he went to Kirk Cousins and be like, Kirk, Dude, give, give me, the, me the damn ball. Yeah. Because Listen, he, he's a receiver. Yeah. He's a receiver. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. it's not like he's doesn't have the traits of other receivers who want the ball. He wants the ball too. Every uh, good receiver is petty. Like a modern <laughs> St. Brown was looking yes. for Diami Brown so he could like, you know. <laughs> You know, give him the Undertaker thing or whatever while he's making yep. catches. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he is very interesting to listen to talk to because he's got like, he's probably, I feel like he's got like Ray Finkel style, like bedroom probably with like all the pictures of the guys who were drafted ahead of him. And he's just like, and his dad could kick your you ass. Yeah, yeah, he can. <laughs> and his brother, his brother's pretty good too. He just has a terrible quarterback throwing up the ball in Chicago. Um, actually, they're they're not throwing at all. I think they have like ten pass attempts, or they had ten against the Packers on Sunday. Um, weird man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a quarterback, a quarterback you draft in the first round. That's all they throw ten times. It's um, not their quarterback, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, as far as weaknesses for the Lions, for me, I like to see the Vikings try and exploit their their red zone defense. Lions have given up uh seven touchdowns and eight red zone trips this this season so far and i think the vikings the vikings are only two of seven in the red zone but last year they ranked ninth so they and they have most of the same offense that they had last year so they can be good in the red zone adam thielen became a a very good red zone weapon um last year and i think that's a way to maybe get him involved and get him happier is get him involved in the red zone even some stuff like some you know draws to dalvin cook or something just something to like mix it up and not just be like honed in on Justin Jefferson the whole time. You got all this stuff. You know, Kirk Cousins in the past is like to spread it out. So maybe this will be, whoa, this will be an opportunity for uh, them to, to kind of get back to that. Maybe Kevin O'Connell will take a step back and be like, okay, you know, we, we want to get Jefferson the ball, but let's let's also, you know, be smart about it. And if he's not open, throw to the open guys. So I think the red zone, red zone defense is something that, that the Vikings can exploit when they take on the lions this weekend um if the vikings win what do you think it means for the vikings moving forward does it have to be one in a certain way or does does it matter does it do anything for them moving forward what do you what do you think it means for, just, it would mean for the vikings to get a win just get a win i mean i i think 
I would feel better if it were like a dominating win. But like I said, this Detroit team is not a contender, but they're good. I mean, they're fun to watch. They they can throw the ball up and down the field. Ben Johnson's been doing a great job. DeAndre Swift's a fun player to watch. Like anybody who watched Hard Knocks, like I was talking to a friend. I'm like, you know, if the Vikings suck, I wouldn't mind if the Lions were good. Like, I I absolutely wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I know people that are Lions fans. Like they're, they're very rare to they're find out, out in the wild. Yeah, they're but they, they are out there. And I mean, they're excited about this. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting game on Sunday. Like the Vikings have had their moments where they look like they can hang with any team in the NFL so far. And they've also had their moments where they go three and out on a whole bunch of series in a row. Like they're going to get better as the season goes along. And, and then like the other thing too, I mean, Judd Zolgad was talking about this. Their speed is very worrisome, especially on the defensive end, because I feel like Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks are a little flat footed. Um, You're seeing that with some of the other players. I I don't think there's a problem with Adam Thielen, but Dalvin Cook, man, I I don't know about that. And they said that Kevin O'Connell blamed himself for not getting him into a rhythm. But um, for a guy who always says he's explosive and ready to get some big plays, I mean, I need to see some big plays from Dalvin Cook in this game because I think that he can get some against Detroit and, you know, hopefully we'll see some of those explosive plays in both facets of the offense on Sunday. Yeah, at least against the Eagles, I don't think Dalvin was kind of put in situations where he could do well. Like every time Mm -hmm. he got the ball, it felt like there was like three or four Eagles guys around him, even when he got like a screen pass. So hopefully they can figure that out. And I don't think the Lions are going to be able to to do that. So I would expect a better game from, from Dalvin cook. Um, I think, yeah, a win. This, these are the games the Vikings are supposed to win. If, if they're saying that, you know, they're going to be a contender this year, these are the games they are supposed to win at home against a divisional opponent. Who's not the Packers. You're favored by, uh, more than five. These are, these are the games the Vikings are supposed to win. And if not, then the next off season is going to be, you know, a fire sale, probably. You know, they're going to be getting rid of a lot of players. I'm not saying like this loss is going to be the determining factor, but these are the games that they're supposed to win. If they lose, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of finger pointing. We'll see how how we'll see how much of the uh, the culture you know lasts when uh, when things are not going as well. Um, what would a loss mean for for the Vikings? On Sunday, I think you said it. I, I think, you know, and I mean, it's not seasons over in week three right. if they lose the Lions, who are a much improved team. But I mean, it's kind of raised some questions, especially, you know, it seemed like when there was one small thing that went wrong with this team under Mike Zimmer, it snowballed into this, you know, even bigger problem. And I think that's what they have to do. I Kevin O'Connell prided himself on keeping an even keel. Uh, during a radio interview this offseason saying, you know, we didn't win a game for a month when I was with the Rams and we wound up winning the Super Bowl. Right. So I think that's what kind of needs to be it. It's just, hey, Monday happened. Let's throw it in the trash. Let's learn from it. And let's go out and beat the Lions, a team that you should beat if you're a big boy contender in the NFL. And I think the Vikings are at the end of the day. I mean, the NFC is so weak. There's not yeah. too many teams. I mean, the Eagles are probably the most impressive team in the NFC right now, maybe, yeah. probably because we saw them firsthand. But 
Um, you gotta win. You gotta win. And, and if not, it, it's going to be a very interesting week. Yeah. And they got to win because after, after Sunday, the schedule gets kind of, kind of dicey. They go, they go to London to face the saints. Mm-hmm. The saints aren't that great, but you know, London is a, just a different animal. You don't really know what to expect on, on something like that because of the, the long trip and different environment and everything like that. They get to play the bears at home, which they should win. If they don't win that game, that's going to be big problems. Um, but then they go to the Miami, who looks real good. I was talking about this on our last show with uh, our guest one bar. Like, should they for that game? Should they just have two people standing in in the back of the end zone for like the whole game to try and stop Tyree Kill and and Jalen Waddle? Because I I don't know how they're gonna do that. Um, other than to just like tackle them at the line of scrimmage to prevent them from from getting by them because their speed is ridiculous. And then they play the Cardinals, who you know. Say what you will. They they did. They looked a lot better on in week two, making that comeback. Kyler Murray, he went he through for 400 yards last year against the Vikings, so he's capable. And I believe DeAndre Hopkins will be back by then. Um, I'll play the Commanders, and then they're on the road against the Bills and the Cowboys. So like, they need this game. They need they need to win this game just because I don't know how many opportunities they're going to have like this where they can. Get on. They can get over 500, which you know now they're back to 500, which is just familiar territory for the last two seasons. But they they need to to win this game. All right, I was going to ask you some some picks, but I think I'm just going to skip right to uh, a score prediction so we can get out of here. What are we thinking? The Vikings are favored by five and a half over under 53 and a half points. What's your prediction for Sunday? Man, I feel I feel awkward picking another 30 number because the Vikings aren't really scoring points right now. And I, I mean, but I, I this should be a get right game. Like on paper, the Lions defense hasn't been great. Their offense, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think the Vikings win by a touchdown. 34-27 at home. Kirk goes over 300 yards. Jefferson has 150. And uh Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the Vikings will score over 32. Um, Lions defense is allowing, I think, like the third most points in the league. You know, one of those games came against the Eagles, but at the same time, you got to stop people. So I think the the Vikings will win 33-28. They won't cover, but they will win, and they will uh, feel much better. They'll have, they'll have some hiccups. Maybe they'll be behind at one point and, and come back, but... I think this will be a game also where Adam Thielen catches like two touchdowns or something and and everyone's everyone's happy. Um and then you know they'll be like, oh we have we still and Kevin O'Connell will still be like, this is on me, the mistakes are on me, which you know <laughs> I do like, but there's gonna yeah. be a time where we're gonna be like, okay, dude, like we understand you made mistakes, but other people made mistakes too. You need you, you gotta hold people accountable. Um which I found an old quote from from Mike Zimmer last night when I was going through some stuff, and he was asked about because remember Cam Dancer was benched week one last year. Somebody asked him like, "How can uh, Cam Dancer get on the field uh, in week two last year?" And Mike Zimmer was like, "He can play special teams." Um, so I was like, "There's some certain things that I that I miss about Mike Zimmer, but you know, it was it was time for a change." But I, I kind of miss his bluntness sometimes. But yeah, we both pick him to win. That's good. Um, so we'll see. Sunday we will see. We'll be back on Monday. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video. 
Uh, make sure to check the description for your chance to win a Justin Jefferson jersey. Uh, for the audio version of this podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. But until next time, Chris and I talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.